It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Thursday. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Gary, you got me good and loud and clear there? All right. Gary Clark on the other side of the glass and Dave Reichel helping me out today. It is Movie Thursday. Yay! I know you're excited. Movie Thursday. It's Thursday, June 9th. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450. If you'd like to be part of the show, join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line is open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee, delicious donuts. Visit our friends at Thornton's. Movie Thursday today, we are doing football movies, and I will get to that as soon as possible. Here's the shocker to me. I had votes on 27 different football movies. I thought there were more baseball movies out there than football movies. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but baseball only had 19 movies voted upon. Basketball had 20, 27 different football movies, and I'll give you the top 10. I'll give you my top three shortly. Bats baseball last night. I wish I'd have been there at least for a while. Charlotte beat the Bats last night 15-14. to Yikes. I wonder what time that game ended. They'll get back at it tonight, 7.05 first pitch, 6.35 pregame right here on the Big X with Nick Curran and Jim Kelch. The Bats uh, lose last night. That breaks a four-game winning streak. They'll try to get back on the winning, uh, winning side tonight. I think I'm going to go out there for a little while this evening. The Live Tour is underway. Phil's playing, Ian's playing, Louie's playing, Taylor Gooch is playing, DJ is playing. I actually went to YouTube today because that's the only place you can watch the live tour and just to see what it was all about. Shotgun start, a three-day tournament, so they'll be done on Saturday, team format plus individual format. Now, the team format's interesting because the top – Two scores from your team out of four four man teams here. The top two scores are added each day on on uh, Friday, Thursday, and Friday. Then on Saturday, the top three scores from your foursome is uh, used to qualify for prize money. It was uh, you know it was golf. It was golf. It was in London or just outside of London. It uh, looked miserable. It was a little uh, weather there, a little rainy. You never know what you're going to get this time of year across the pond. Uh, Everybody had on pullovers, rain gear, hitting out of uh, pretty pretty thick rough. But, uh, you know, it was golf on television. You had a a leaderboard off to the side where you had to try to figure out who was who because, for example, Taylor Gooch was TGH. I didn't figure out who TGH was until they put his full name up and showed him hit a shot. It was interesting. PGA Tour had a response today. They sent out a notification to every player on the PGA Tour or anyone who's just recently resigned from the PGA Tour, basically saying you guys that are playing on the Live Tour did not ask for exemptions to play on the Live Tour you are getting indefinite suspensions. Okay, I don't know what that means. 
indefinite suspension? That mean does that mean if DJ calls him Monday and says, you know, I feel like I made a mistake. Uh, I'm going to play in the U.S. Open this week, and I'd like to be reinstated to the PGA Tour. Do they say, okay, your suspension's over? Indefinite means we don't know how long we're going to keep them out. We'll see what the public court of public opinion says here. But it was golf on TV. That's what it was. I watched it for 10, 15 minutes at tops. I saw DJ in trouble hitting a couple shots. That didn't look like a very good golf. I saw Taylor Gooch. I saw a couple guys I've never heard of. I saw Ian Poulter hit a shot. Everybody's on the course at the same time. Shotgun start. You only have 48 players tee it up. And this is all about the majors, all right? The way the majors go determines how this plays out. If you're going to be allowed to play in the U.S. Open and next week, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and a lot of these other golfers from other countries are going to be allowed to play in the U.S. Open. If you're going to be allowed to play in the Open Championship, the formerly known as the British Open, and if you're going to be allowed to play in the Masters, does this really matter? You're not going to be able to play in the PGA Championship. You're not going to be able to make the President's Cup team. FedEx Cup playoffs, you might as well take them off the board because you're not going to play in PGA events that where you can accumulate FedEx Cup points. World Golf Championships, like the Match Play Championship in uh, Texas, I'm assuming you're going to be able to play in those. They are not governed by the PGA Tour. What do the World Golf Championships and the majors and the Ryder Cup, what do they say to these players that are playing in the live tournament? That is what this all revolves. That, that's how this is all going to wind out. If the majors get together, and the Masters is its own entity. It's not going to get together with anybody. But if the majors get together, the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, and the British Open, and say, you're not going to be able to play, that's it. As long as you're on that tour, you're not going to be able to play then fewer players will leave the PGA Tour to go to that tour, and some will probably come back and say, I want to play in those majors. DJ's made it clear. He wants to play in the majors. Bryson DeChambeau, is it, does it matter to him if he plays in the majors? This is a money grab by some players. That's what it is. They check their conscience at the door. They decided they're going to take money from the same people who killed a journalist and who have human rights violations. But you know what? The money's too much. We are going to find it somehow in our conscience that this is okay to take this money. And anybody that's over there, that's what they've done. They've taken the money. Does this end like the USFL? I don't think so. Because the USFL... Didn't have money to throw around. The Saudis have all kinds of money to throw around. You're not giving DJ and Phil $200 million apiece. You're not offering Jack Nicholas a billion dollars. You're not offering Tiger a billion dollars if you don't have money to throw around. So this is not the USFL where Steve Young came out and said, I don't even, don't even know if I'm going to get a check next week when he was playing in the USFL. It's different. Money is not an issue on the Live Golf Tour. They've got plenty of money to play with. 
This is about Saudi Arabia doing something that I heard Brandel Chambly call sports washing. It's a new term. You're going to hear it. Sports washing. They use sports to wash away the public opinion of what they really are. Simple. They've done it in soccer. They've got a Premier League team. And now they're trying to do it in golf. Uh, but the RBC Canadian Open, it's going on as scheduled. It, uh, they'll play four rounds stroke play this weekend. And if I'm sitting at home on Sunday, I will not, or Saturday afternoon, I will not be watching the live golf tour with DJ and Phil and, and Ian and Louie. I will be watching the RBC Canadian Open with Justin Thomas and Cameron Smith and Scotty Scheffler and all those guys. Cooper Cup. Got his deal with the Rams, three years, $80 million extension, $75 million is guaranteed. That makes his total contract for five years worth $110 million. He becomes the highest-played wide receiver in NFL history. Last year, he led the league with 145 receptions. He led the league with 1,947 yards, and he led the league with 16 touchdowns. They've now paid Aaron Donald. They've paid Cooper Cup. We'll see where this is five years from now because they're sacrificing their future. They don't care about draft picks. They don't care about the salary cap. Here's what we're doing. We're getting all these guys. We're going to win now, and five years from now, well, we'll worry about that five years from now. So Cooper Cup gets paid, and, uh, you know, he should have got paid. Before I get to movies, Celtics win last night. Excuse me, 116 to 100. Boston now leads the series 2 1. The big question mark for game four, Steph Curry's availability. He said after the game last night, the uh, lower leg injury that he sustained is okay. By the way, he kept playing in the game um, until two and a half minutes were were left, and he was taken out along with the other starters by uh, Steve Kerr. By the way, it was a 14 point game with two and a half minutes to go. 232, I believe. I was shocked Steve Kerr took his starters out. The Warriors can score a lot of points in two and a half minutes. They live by the three most of the time. And I was I was just surprised they took them out. The Celtics out-rebounded Golden State last night 58 to 39. They dominated inside. They were physical with Golden State. Golden State could not handle the Celtics offensively or defensively inside the lane. Uh, Jalen Brown had no problem with Draymond Green last night. Jalen Brown dominated Draymond Green last night. He actually didn't wait for the pick a couple times. He told the pick the pick and roll guy, no, nope, don't come over here. I got this. And he went to the bucket, and he made Draymond Green look like a sub last night. Not a good, not a starting point forward. Brown had 27, 9, and 5. Jason Tatum had 28.6 rebounds, 9 assists. Marcus Smart, 24, 7, and 5. And Al Horford, welcome back, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. The Celtics dominated for the first half. Uh, played a terrible third quarter again. I don't know what it is with the Celtics in the third quarter. They were outscored 33 to 25. But they bounced back with a 23-11 fourth quarter. The Warriors only 11 points in that fourth quarter. 
I mentioned Brown, 27 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Draymond Green, two points, four rebounds, three assists. He didn't yell and scream like he normally does. He didn't play the way he normally does. He didn't jump in people's grill like he normally does. And maybe that hurts him. Maybe he has to play that way to be effective because he was ineffective last night. And it appeared he played a different game than Draymond Green is used to playing. There was one play where he blocked Jalen Brown's shot. He talked a little trash to Jalen Brown, who walked away from him. And then on the ensuing inbounds play, Jalen Brown got him for a layup and ran down the court, didn't acknowledge him. He did get into a dust-up at one point with Grant Williams. They got jaw-to-jaw. The officials quickly broke it up. And that was the end of it. And he didn't yell at the officials until after he had fouled out uh, late in the fourth quarter. Then he let some F-bombs trickle out. Then he let them have it a little bit. Never got a technical last night. He's going to play differently tomorrow night. He is going back to being Draymond Green, the agitator, the irritant, the guy that tries to get under your skin. He got in his own head last night. I believe he got in his own head last night. He didn't play the way he usually plays. He was trying to be good Draymond, don't yell at the refs, don't get into altercations, and it didn't work for him. Crazy crowd last night in the TD Garden. Um, sometimes they go overboard. Sometimes they go overboard. It was, uh, you know, expletive-filled uh, arena, mostly aimed at Draymond Green. Steph Curry did have 31. Clay Thompson played well with 25, shot it well. Here's the problem with Clay, and if you're Steve Kerr, you're not going to get that Clay Thompson every time out. He didn't play good in games one and two, didn't shoot the ball well. Shot it well in the garden in the Boston Garden last night, but you can't count on it right now. He's not 100% healthy, and he won't be until next season. Andrew Wiggins had 18. Uh, Robert Williams for the Celtics was a force on both ends of the floor. Didn't have great offensive numbers, but he blocked four shots. Uh, he altered some shots. He is a difference maker when he's in the game. Game four is Friday at Boston, 9 o'clock ABC. The Celtics early a four-point favorite. They were three and a half last night. I told you, and Tony agreed with me yesterday, take the Celtics. Uh, that was the move. All right, let me tell you about Shady Rays. I have the uh, sunglasses. I, well, I had to wear them over here. Nice, beautiful day over here, uh, well, in the bluegrass state and over here in on the sunny side. Are you tired of buying expensive sunglasses only to lose or break them? Or worse, you never even wear them. You don't want them to get dirty. Tell you about Shady Rays. It's an independent American-owned company. Started right here in Kentucky. Changing the way you wear sunglasses. Shady Rays offers an industry-best combination of fit, style, performance without the big brand price tag. That's not where it stops. The best part is the lost and broken replacement guarantee. You lose them. You break them. The garbage truck runs over them when you run out to get the trash out there late one morning and they fall off your head. ShadyRays.com, they will replace them, that pair for free. Also, they provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. Donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair. Return them for free within 30 days. No risk whatsoever when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, easy for me to say, 
Shady Rays is offering 25% off, so you can try them out, see what they're all about. Use the code BIGX at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. That's ShadyRays.com. Take a break. On the other side, we will have Movie Thursday, football movies, top 10 vote-getters from the past few days. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you want to talk about some football movies, 384-1450. Thornton's text line is open as well, 502-414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 414-1450. Buzz Frank uh, sent me his three movies just now, Crazy Legs, which Elroy Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch starred as himself, so this is not a new movie. Uh, He hated the ending where the Rams beat the Browns. The Express about Ernie Davis and Friday Night Lights. Wildcats with Goldie Hawn, honorable mention. And then Buzz also sent a picture of himself, which is not pretty, but he is wearing his Shady Rays. That's the good news. Got to wear those Shady Rays. All right, before I get to the movie list, Reds uh, lose last night to Arizona. They got shut out 7 to nothing. They will be in action again this afternoon. In fact, they, uh, first pitch about nine minutes away, Reds in Arizona. Zach Davies for the Diamondbacks against Tyler Molly for Cincinnati 1235. I'll keep you updated on the score if I can remember because it is movie day, movie Thursday here on the show. This week, football movies take precedence, and uh, I was again, I was shocked at the number of football movies that are out there, because I've been under the impression for most of my life, if I wanted to watch a baseball movie, there are hundreds I can find. There are literally hundreds. I only had 19 baseball movies that got votes in my poll two weeks ago. Basketball had 20 movies. Football, I've got now, with the Crazy Legs Hirsch movie added on here, 28 separate movies that got votes. Now, the top two were fairly close for most of the polling period. Fairly close. I mean, they were back and forth. Um, But in the end, uh, it was an eight-point win for one of those uh, movies. Then you had three and four and five pretty close together there before the final list. So we'll do the top ten. Starting at number 10, well, it was a tie for 10th place between Jerry Maguire and The Replacements. Now, full disclosure, I haven't seen The Replacements. Keanu Reeves, Gene Hackman, um, I've never seen it. I get, I've get, i gotten grief because uh, I've told people I've never seen it. Uh, the year was 2000. PG-13, an hour and 58 minutes long. During a pro football strike, owners hire substitute players. Keanu is uh, the quarterback. Shane Falco. Gene Hackman is the head coach. Um, Jimmy McGinty. Orlando Jones is in it as one of the players. Faison Love is in it as one of the players. 
Um, got 6.6 on IMDb. That's pretty good. This is one I'm going to have to watch because, quite frankly, I don't know a lot about it. It's based on the, the uh, real strike, the real NFL strike from 1987. Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman, I mentioned, is the coach. Jack Warden, who is great in sports movies. He's great in all movies. He's, we'll mention him again later uh, in one of the top two movies. But Jack Warden is the owner. Brett Cullen is the all-pro quarterback that goes on strike. Keanu Reeves is the scab uh, who replaces him. It is a, according to IMD, is a comedy. Um, look, Keanu, Gene Hackman, hard to go wrong there. But that comes in tied for 10th. On the list, The Replacements, starring uh, Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman. Also tied at 10, Jerry Maguire. Now, you don't think of it as uh, really that much of a football movie. It's more about what the life of an agent is like. But Tom Cruise is great in this movie. Jerry Maguire, 1996, rated R, two hours and 19 minutes. Uh, show me the money. Right? Famous line, show me the money. 7.3 on IMDb. That's really good. By the way, our number one movie that got the most votes is also the number one football movie, according to IMDb, with a 7.8 rating. But 7.3 for Jerry Maguire. Tom Cruise in the title role. Uh, Kelly Preston is gorgeous and spectacular as his uh, girlfriend at the beginning that he breaks up with. Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, I don't know if he won an Oscar as Rod Tidwell. He probably should have. He was incredible. Let's see. Oscar winner for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. There you go. Cuba Gooding Jr. did win the Oscar as Rod Tidwell. Renee Zellweger, Dorothy Boyd. Okay, I could do without the love story that is, uh, you know, Tommy and Renee, but uh, there it was anyway. Jerry O'Connell. Hilarious as the moron um, first-round draft pick quarterback, Frank Cush Cushman. Jay Moore as the bad agent that gets Jerry Maguire fired. Bob Sugar, he's fantastic. Bonnie Hunt in this movie. Regina King as Rod Tidwell's wife. Little Jonathan Lipnicki. You remember him from, uh, I don't know, Stuart Little. But he was um, he was Renee Zellweger's kid, Ray. He was good as well. The football scenes are pretty good. You had Troy Aikman cameo. You had Roy Firestone cameo. Um, you had a lot of sports cameos in this movie, especially at the draft where uh, we got to see some coaches. We got to see some uh, players who were just, you know, cameos in this. Glenn Fry was in this movie. The late, great Glenn Fry was the uh, general manager Played the general general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he was good in this movie. Let's see. Eric Stoltz had a little role. I'm trying to find some of these coaches that were in this movie. But Jerry Maguire, it's a solid football movie. I would say it's more of a solid rom-com between Jerry Maguire and and, uh, and uh, Renee Zellweger, her character. It's I'd say it's... Much more of a rom-com than a football movie, but the parameters were, were clear. If there's football in this movie, then it's a football movie. And I'll see we'll see another of those as I list uh, the also rans from uh, from this uh, 
this list. All right, number nine on the list with a 5.9. This was interesting because I only had two people vote for this movie, but they both voted for it as their favorite. Semi-Tough, 1977, rated R, hour and 48 minutes, um, two free-spirited football players and the owner's daughter become uh, compromised when two of them become romantically involved. So, yes, it's a rom-com, but it's R-rated. Uh, Burt Reynolds as Billy Clyde Puckett. Chris Christopherson as Marvin the Snake. Or, I'm sorry, Marvin Shake Tiller. And Jill Clayburg as Barbara Jane Bookman. Now, you might not recognize a lot of those names if you're younger, but this is a 1977 film. Robert Preston is in it. Burt Convey is in it. Roger Mosley, who was in... Uh, the uh, Tom Selleck TV show, Magnum P.I., he is in this movie. Carl Weathers, you may know him as Apollo Creed. He's in the movie as well. 1977, Semi-Tough came in ninth on the list. Coming in eighth with eight votes, and this was my second favorite football movie. Heaven Can Wait, 1978. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Not just football movies, one of my favorite movies ever. But uh, Warren Beatty, James Mason, Julie Christie, Jack Warden as uh, the trainer, uh, Charles Grodin, Diane Cannon. It's uh, it's a, a, a update on a old movie. It's uh, Warren Beatty plays a Rams quarterback, Los Angeles Rams quarterback, and this movie was made before they went to St. Louis, which obviously before they came back to L.A. A Rams quarterback accidentally taken away from his body by an overanxious angel before he was meant to die returns to life in the body of a recently murdered millionaire. 1978, rated PG, an hour 41 minutes. 6.9 on IMDb. It's a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Charles Grodin and Diane Cannon, who plotted to kill uh, Warren Beatty. Uh, it's fantastic. Warren Beatty, Joe Pendleton, the quarterback, backup quarterback, learns he's going to start. He's excited. He gets on his bike. He rides through a tunnel. He gets hit by a car. But the angel, played by Buck Henry, by the way, pulls him out, takes him on up to his way station on the way to heaven, where James Mason, who's Mr. Jordan, gets involved. This is based on an old movie called Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Same plot, but they just involve sports this time. And James Mason finds out that he was going to survive the accident. He shouldn't have been taken out of his body. Uh, let's put him back. Well, they can't. He's been cremated. So now you got to find another body. They find this millionaire, uh, Farnsworth, and um, his wife, Diane Cannon, and his uh, personal private secretary, Charles Grodin, have tried to kill him. Now here he is. He comes out of this bathtub unscathed and they all see him as the same person. He looks the same, but hilarity ensues. Funny movie, pretty good football scenes, especially the practice scenes. Late in the movie, there's Super Bowl scene where the Rams are playing the Steelers. Uh, it's just good stuff. It's just good, fun stuff, and I love this movie. It comes in eighth on my list. Number seven, and Ed, my buddy, just sent me a text. Where is this movie? Um, oh, it's here. North Dallas 40. Now, I got to be careful what I say about North Dallas 40 because this is a 
R-rated movie that is definitely an R-rated movie. 1979, an hour and 59 minutes. Nick Nolte, Mac Davis, Charles Durning, uh, G.D. Spradlin, Bo Svensson, John Matuzak, former NFL player, is great in this film. Dabney Coleman is in this film. Um, basically, it's the ins and outs of NFL football. There's drugs. There's women. There's uh, needles. There's injections that uh, you know guys should or should not have. It's uh, according to IMDb. We'll call it this: a satire of American professional football in which a veteran pass catcher's individuality and refusal to, refusal to become part of the team family is bitterly resented by his disciplinary and coaches. Mac Davis is the quarterback. Seth Maxwell, he goes along with the establishment. The wide receiver is Nick Nolte. Uh, he plays Philip Elliott. He's got great hands. He makes every catch. And at the end, in the mud, when he makes the catch to almost tie the game, and I guess you can tell what happens after that on the extra point, um, you know, he's – He's, he's a hero, but he's set up by the management with drugs. He's found out to be having an, uh, an affair with one of the owner's daughters, whom he's very, very fond of, and she's very fond of him, but the owners want him out. And, and it's sort of the inner workings of an NFL team back in the 70s uh, with the drugs, with the women, with the parties that, uh, that went on. All the alcohol. Uh, I love the the old whirlpool tubs that they get in, and all the old equipment that they have to use. But funny movie, very funny movie. Six point nine on IMDb. IMDb loves it. It got eleven votes and finished seventh in our poll. Number six. Before we take a break, Friday Night Lights. All right. Full disclosure. I'm not proud of this. I've never seen either the movie. Or the TV show, Friday Night Lights. Now, most of the people who voted for this movie told me that Friday Night Lights, the TV show, was better than Friday Night Lights, the movie. The movie got a 7.2 on IMDb. That's really good. Uh, night, uh, 2004, PG-13, almost two hours long. Billy Bob Thornton plays coach Gary Gaines. Jay Hernandez is Brian Chavez. Uh, Derek Luke is in this movie as one of the... Uh, Key players, Lucas Black, Garrett Headland is in the movie. Uh, Tim McGraw, by the way. Yes, that Tim McGraw plays Charles Billingsley. Connie Britton, hello. Love me some Connie Britton. She's in it as well. Based on H.G. Bissinger's book, which profiled the economically depressed town of Odessa, Texas, and their heroic high school football team, the Permian High Panthers. Racially divided community, economically dying community, the one thing they live for, Friday Night Lights. Um, look, got a great score. I need to watch it. I will watch it. And I'm embarrassed to say I haven't watched it. So out of the six movies I've talked about so far, I have seen Heaven Can Wait a number of times. North Dallas 40, I've seen that. And, of course, Jerry Maguire, I've seen that one. But I got to see The Replacements. Anytime I tell somebody I've never seen that, they look at me cross-eyed like I'm an idiot, which I might just be. But I'm going to have to see it. Keanu Reeves, I'm a big fan of Keanu Reeves. Speed, Matrix, more Keanu is better Keanu for me. I will take a break, come back, top five on the way, football movies. <laughs> 
You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Back Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Carter, John Spears in the studio. Final segment today is Movie Thursday. Ready to count down the top five football movies of all time, as voted on by you, the listener, and some people I happen to text, friends, colleagues, media members, former professional athletes, uh, just a bunch of, uh, just a hodgepodge of the American people. Uh Show reminder, tomorrow I'll be at Old Capitol Golf Club in Corridan, remote location. Uh, the Old, the, uh, Old Capitol Invitational this weekend. We'll talk to uh, ownership about that, some sponsors up there as well. But coming to you live tomorrow, 12 to 1 from Old Capitol Golf Club. All right, number five on the list. I'll I tell you what, let's do this first. Here are the movies that got votes that did not make the top ten. I'm just going to list them. And I'm, I can hear some groans out there in how did that not make the top ten. I can hear it already. The Express was on the list. Draft Day. We Are Marshall. Great movie. Didn't make the top ten. Something for Joey. Against All Odds. Gridiron Gang. The Water Boy. All the Right Moves. Varsity Blues. Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. Air Bud Golden Receiver. Thank you, T.J. Walker, for that one. Little Giants, Wildcats, The Best of Times, Any Given Sunday, and Leatherheads. All got votes, but did not make the top ten. Uh, number five on the list from 2009, PG-13, two hours, nine minutes, The Blind Side. It got 7.6. That's the second highest rating of a football-related movie on IMDb, The Blind Side, the story of Michael Orr, a homeless and traumatized boy who became an All-American football player and first-round NFL draft pick with the help of a caring woman and her family. Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for her role as Leanne Tui, that caring woman. Uh, Quentin Aaron was great as Michael Orr. Tim McGraw as uh, Leanne's wife, Sean, Leanne's husband, Sean Tui, fantastic uh, Lily Collins was in this as uh, the little sister. Uh, this was, uh, you know, it's a heart tugger. Kathy Bates as Miss Sue, the tutor, was fantastic as well. It's a it's a feel good movie, a true based on a true story. Michael Orr, um, you know, basically this family took him out of a horrible living situation, put him in their high in their uh, high end high school, private school. He went on to the University of Mississippi, became an All-American, first-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens, had a nice uh, nice run, nice uh, run as an offensive tackle with the Ravens in the NFL. Um, you know, good movie, feel-good movie. Tim McGraw has some funny moments. A lot of coaches appeared in this movie, including Nick Saban, Lou Holtz. Um, who else? Les Miles uh, was in this, Ed Orgeron appeared in this movie. Uh, a lot of coaches showed out to uh, to be in this film. And, uh, you know, just a good, fun movie to watch. Uh, number four on the list, and this is my number one movie, in my opinion, uh, football-wise, 1974. Yes, I'm an old get-off-my-lawn guy. Rated R, two hours, one minute. The Longest Yard, starring Burt Reynolds, Eddie Albert, 
Ed Lauder, Michael Conrad, a sadistic warden, asks a former pro quarterback now serving time in his prison to put together a team of inmates to take on and get pummeled by the guards. As we know, they don't get pummeled by the guards. Now, I had one person text me and say, well, the longest yard with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock is much better. No, it's not. And you're not disqualified from voting anymore because I'm not. I'm an American and you're an American. You have that right to vote. But I am not going to respect your opinion anymore if you think the longest yard Adam Sandler version is better than the longest yard Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds plays uh, former college star Paul Crew, who threw a game uh, by point shaving. He gets uh, arrested, put in prison, and the Albert Eddie Albert Warden, uh, the warden is uh, basically blackmails him into coaching and playing on the inmate team against the guards who have a sem- semi-pro team together. Ed Lauder is great as Captain Canauer. Michael Conrad, great as one of the inmates, plays Nate Scarborough. James Hampton is caretaker, not not a good fate for him, but a great role for him in this movie. Um, Bernadette Peters, by the way, a little comic sexual relief there as uh, the warden's secretary that uh, has a nice little time with uh, Burt Reynolds somewhere along the way. Joe Cap, former NFL player, is the walking boss. Uh, Fantastic as as well. It's just a great movie. Um, Forget that it's a comedy and forget that all the football. Forget football. It's a great movie. And in my opinion, number one football movie, but it came in fourth on our list. Uh, 7.1 on IMDb from 1974, the great film, The Longest Yard. All right, we're down to the top three. Now, The Longest Yard, by the way, number five, Blindside got 17 votes. Number four, Longest Yard had 22 votes. Number three with 26 votes is Rudy. All right, you either like Rudy Love Rudy. You either love Rudy or you just don't like Rudy at all. 1993, one hour, 54 minutes, rated PG. Rudy has always been told that he was too small to play college football, but he is determined to overcome the odds and fulfill his dream of playing for Notre Dame. All right, the real Rudy Rudiger was a lot bigger than Sean Astin was in this movie. Sean Astin plays Rudy Rudiger. John Favreau is his best buddy, D-Bob. Ned Beatty is his dad, Daniel Rudiger. His brother is negative, doesn't think he'll ever make it in Notre Dame. He doesn't have the grades. He has to go to uh, a, a small college near Notre Dame, get the grades. Then maybe they let him on. Then he's a walk-on on the football team. Oh, and, he, and then he gets to play against Georgia Tech uh, at the end of his senior year because um, that's exactly what happened. What Joe Montana has a problem with, is that 90% of this movie is is uh, untrue. It is based on a true story, and that's why you get away with certain things because it's not a true story. It's based on a true story, but we're using real people's names here. Charles S. Dutton is great as the uh, groundskeeper. Fortune is his name. He's fantastic in this movie. Um, Ned Beatty, classic Ned Beatty, the great late Kentucky and Ned Beatty, as the dad who loved Notre Dame football and never believed, oh, my eyes have never seen a better sight when he walks into Notre Dame Stadium with his family to see Rudy play on that senior day. Vince Vaughn, by the way, a small role as the 
highly touted star coming into the program, but now it's his senior year and he doesn't have half the heart that Rudiger had, according to his coach, Era Parsegian. So, uh, you know, it's a fun movie. It's a feel-good movie. Uh, you're pulling for Rudy the whole time. That's what it's all about. You're supposed to be pulling for Rudy. 7.5 on IMDb. That's really good. 26 votes, third place, Rudy. Second place uh, is with 52 votes. Uh, 10 short of the top uh, of the list is Brian's song. Now, you talk about a heart tugger. Here it is. 1971 TV movie rated G, one hour, 13 minutes. James Kahn plays uh, Brian Piccolo, who has cancer. Billy D. Williams plays Gail Sayers, who uh, turns out to be his roommate and best friend as he's dying of cancer. And Billy D. Williams plays the great running back Gail Sayers of the Chicago Bears. James Kahn went to uh, Wake Forest. There's a great scene where he has to stand up as a rookie and sing the fight song. Jack Warden is Coach Coach George Hallis. Fantastic. Bernie Casey as uh, a defensive player. J.C. Caroline is great as well. Um, Judy Pace plays Linda Sayers. The wife, Shelley Fabre, plays Joy Piccolo. They're all great. Everybody in this movie is fantastic. Chicago Bear players uh, from the day are all in this movie. There's a lot of highlights of old, real Bears games where Gail Sayers is running up and down the field. Uh, Brian Piccolo is on the sideline of the game coughing. Sayers asks him, asks him if he's okay. He says must be a 1,000 pounds of pollen in the air. All the while he knew that there was something wrong with him. And this is a story, this is a friendship story based on the real-life uh, relationship between Brad Piccolo and Gail Sayers and the bond established when Piccolo discovers he is dying. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's, bring your tissue. I said this yesterday. Tony Pick Brian's song is one of his favorites. I said it yesterday. Bring the tissues because this is a cry fest. And when uh, Gail Sayers accepts the NFL Most Valuable Player trophy and dedicates it to his friend Brian Piccolo, Man, there's not a dry eye in the house. And when Pick is, uh, you know, on his deathbed and says it's it's fourth and ten and they won't let me punt, and Gail Sayers says, well, then go for it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm choking up just thinking about it right now. Fantastic movie, 1971. It's not really outdated um, because this is football training camp. It's the beginning of football. The start of the movie is football training camp. The end of the movie is how these two in between, and it's only an hour and 13 minutes long because it's a TV movie, have formed a friendship. It's fantastic. Number one on the list, I know you know what it is now, 62 votes. Highest rated football movie on IMDb, it's 7.8. It is Remember the Titans, 2000, rated PG, an hour 53 minutes long. True story of newly appointed African-American coach and his high school team on their first season as a racially integrated unit. Uh, Denzel Washington shines in this movie as uh, the head coach, Coach Herman. Uh, coach Bill is uh, Will Patton, the, the white coach who thought he was going to get the job, got passed over. They brought in Denzel. He's not happy with him at the beginning. Of course, by the end of the movie, they're great friends. Wood Harris is great as Julius Campbell. Ryan Hurst, fantastic, is Jerry Bertier. Julius is the African-American linebacker. 
Ryan Hurst is the white linebacker. Uh, uh, Jerry Bertier, he has a tragedy uh, befall him before this movie is over. But these two guys have to come together as linebackers to uh, make it work. Uh, just fabulous uh, football scenes in this movie as well, but uh, more about uh, you know overcoming racial stereotypes in this movie. Who was it that played uh, Sunshine? Kip Pardue played Sunshine, the uh, California quarterback who comes to town to play and try to take over for the running quarterback, the African-American quarterback. Um, the Rev, Craig Haywood. Craig Kirkwood plays the Rev. Uh, it's fantastic. Kate Bosworth in this movie. Ryan Gosling had one of his uh, early movies here. He played one of the football players uh, on this team. Remember the Titans is one of those movies that when you're heading to the state final and you're on the bus, the coach puts Remember the Titans on and you watch it. Or, or the night before the game, you get together as a team and you watch Remember the Titans. Number one, got 62 votes, 7.8 on IMDb. Remember the Titans, number one on our list of football movies. Next week, we'll do golf. Golf should be pretty limited. I think, uh, you know, there are a few that come to mind right off the bat. But, uh, you know, golf is pretty limited as far as number of movies, I would think. But I was wrong about football. I thought football movies would be hard to come by, but I was grossly wrong on that. Um, checking the Reds score, the Reds in Arizona. Arizona failed in the top of the first, but the Reds have the bases loaded with nobody out in the bottom of the first as they uh, try to win a game, which is uh, they've been few and far between this year. Reds are playing better baseball than they played earlier in the season. That's for sure. But uh, look, they're not getting any crowds. They're not going to any, any uh, playoffs this year. They're the Reds. So if you want to go, you want to go. Buzz Frank did text me, Adam Sandler, give me a break. Well, the water boy made the uh, was voted on, and the longest yard with Adam Sandler was voted on as well. So, I mean, look, Adam Sandler's got a lot of movies out there. They're all goofy movies, but you know, he remade the longest yard. I give him credit for trying. It's hard to remake a classic. It is very difficult to remake a classic, and the longest yard with Burt Reynolds and Eddie Albert, in my opinion, is a classic. It is my number one movie. My number two was Heaven Can Wait, and my number three was Remember the Titans. Um, so there you go. Remember the Titans wins the poll. Golf movies next week. Tomorrow I'll be at Old Capitol Golf Club. Uh, come on out and see me, 12 to 1. Uh, tonight, Louisville Bats baseball, 7.05 first pitch, 6.35 pregame right here on the Big X. The Bats will host the Charlotte Knights in game three of their series. Bats lost last night. 15 to 14. Game four of the NBA Finals. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night, game four is in Boston. As I mentioned, Celtics four point favorite. Warriors are a championship team. I haven't made a pick yet, but they're a championship team. They're going to figure out uh, what to do here. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. I will talk to you tomorrow. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.